Samhain is a pagan religious festival originating from an ancient Celtic spiritual tradition. Ancient Celts believed Samhain to be the most significant of the fire festivals. During this time, hearthfires in family homes were left to burn as the harvest was reaped. When the work was complete, the celebrants joined through a priest to light a community fire using a wheel that represented the sun, all the while believing the veil between the physical and spiritual world was at its thinnest. Attendance was mandatory and gatherers engaged in massive feasts and drank alcohol to excess. Modern-day Celts still celebrate by dressing their children in fancy dress costumes and let them beg strangers for sweets. I know I'm getting old now because I ask, isn't it time we went back to the old days? My name is Jessica J. Garner and this is my Halloween special. Um, welcome to my podcast. First of all, I'm coming off the back of what's been described as the worst cold ever, but I had to press ahead with this, otherwise I would have ended up saying, Merry Christmas! Let's start. If you didn't listen to my other podcasts, why not? But also, don't worry. I won't be following anything up here because I'm not even sure what they were myself. A woman having a breakdown or just coming to a realisation? When celebs and the like write their autobiographies, they talk about the catharsis. Oh, it was such a cathartic experience. Well, let me tell you, it's not. It just brings up things you don't like about yourself and others. It's why they have a good sense to make most of it up. But this is not what this is about. This is about Halloween. So, why is a grown, dare I say middle age, mm, yeah, that's stuck in the throat, woman talking about Halloween? The most obvious thing is, it's fun and boy do we need some fun. Plus, I want to talk about a spooky experience and when else can you talk about it but Halloween? So, grab a hot chocolate, curl up on the settee, blanket wrapped round you, light some candles, close your eyes and listen to this fun and spooky Halloween special. Yeah, I know there was some mixed messages in there. Time for a Halloween-themed quote from American author Stephen Graham Jones, who said, Some people are born for Halloween, and some are just counting the days until Christmas. I think, why can't we just be both? Here are some facts about Halloween. 1. Halloween is short for Hallow's Eve or Hallow's Evening, which was the evening before All Hallow's Day or Hallowmas on November 1st. The Christian Church decided the best way to convert pagans was that Hallowmas and All Saints Day, which fall on November 2nd, was to join the pagan holidays that fell on or around October 31st. 2. The word witch comes from the Old English Wiki or Wiche, depending on who's saying it, meaning wise woman. In fact, Wiccan were highly respected people at one time, so calling someone a witch is not the insult you think it is. 3. 
The tradition of trick-or-treating goes back to the Middle Ages and the festival is sown. As the veil between a living and a dead become thin, people would dress up in costumes to repel the dead. When the Catholic Church began to replace pagan festivals with their own, the act of souling became popular with poor adults and children going door-to-door -door for food. 4. Staying with sown, trick-or-treating evolved from the ancient Celtic tradition of putting out treats and food to placate spirits who roamed the streets. 5. There's a Scottish tradition where girls believe they could see images of their future husband if they hang wet sheets in front of the fire on Halloween. Don't do it, I say. 6. There's also an old English tradition that states if a young and married person walks down the stairs backwards at midnight whilst hosting a mirror, the face that appears in the mirror will be their next lover. Maybe try that one. 7. Samhainiphobia is the fear of Halloween. 8. In the movie Halloween, a tight budget meant they had to use the cheapest mask they could find for the character Michael Myers, which turned out to be William Shatner, of the old Star Trek fame, Mask. 9. Places that are considered to be haunted are the White House, Hampton Court Palace, Taj Mahal Palace, that mansion in Disney, and your home. While it is the mainstay of Halloween now to carve a pumpkin and eat pumpkin pie, apparently? No, I've never had either. The legend of the jack-o'-lantern comes from the Irish legend of Stingy Jack. Jack-o'-lantern initially referred to the natural flickering of march lights that can appear over bogs, which led travellers to stray. This was also known as Will-o'-the-Wisp. In the 18th century, Jack, or Stingy Jack, was a mean-spirited blacksmith. The story goes that the devil invited him to have a drink, which Jack did not wish to pay for. He dubiously convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin, which he quickly pocketed. He kept it next to a silver cross so the devil could not be corporeal again. Jack later convinced the devil he would let him go in return for being left alone for a year, and, if he died, the devil wouldn't claim his soul. A year passed and Jack managed again to trick the devil to leave him alone. When Jack actually died, God refused to take the trickster into heaven and the devil kept to his word that he would not take Jack into hell. Jack was left with only a burning coal to light his path, which he placed in a carved-out turnip, forced to roam the earth forevermore. However, the story of Jack was also told from his uncle, who pitied his nephew. He reported that tales started with an act of virtue of helping an old man by the roadside. The old man transformed into an angel, granting Jack three wishes. Jack was spiteful and made the wishes to be against anyone who sat on his chair, plucks a bough from his sycamore tree or attempting to borrow his tools to be stuck to the spot. The wish was granted, but Jack was barred from heaven. When the devil tries to claim him, Jack offers false hospitality, which goes to show there are two sides to every story. In the 19th century Ireland, references to the carving of turnips, beets and potatoes at Halloween is in remembrance of Jack. Now, however, faces were carved into the fruit to ward off Jack. Today, the smell of rotting fruit is synonymous with Halloween, together with people who spend all day carving out the perfect image for social media, even if you know their children are cried off bored hours ago. Why don't you tell your children this bedtime story to make up for it? American writer Erin Morgenstern said, 
It's said that All Hallows Eve is one of the nights when the veil between the worlds is thin. And whether you believe in such things or not, those Roman spirits probably believe in you, or at least acknowledge your existence considering that you used to be their own. Even the air feels different on Halloween. Autumn crisp and bright. No, that's the bedtime story you want to tell. I've been looking at Halloween TV and how it's changed our British traditions. When I was young, I used to have to walk five miles in bare feet uphill for school. Not true. Although there was a lot of walking involved. Halloween was different though. Yes, there was bobbing for apples, dressing up and trick-or-treating. But we used to ask for many. I say we, I was never allowed to do actual trick-or-treating. It would upset the neighbours asking for money. There were jack-o'-lanterns, but they weren't made from pumpkins, but sweets. I looked that up in case I was misremembering, but no, it was a fact. The reason being that the skin is much harder than a pumpkin, so it was easier to draw the faces. The downside being that it's really tough to scoop out. I guess the pumpkin takeover was practical too. There's also house decorating now. It's not unusual to see a huge web containing a massive spider come early October. We're not talking 40 years ago though. I reckon this has happened in the last 10. Now don't misunderstand. There's always been party decorations you could buy for your house party. But it wasn't the same level as Christmas decorations. Speaking of house parties, they were a nightmare in the teens and 20s. It would have to be fancy dress. Are you going as a sexy devil or a sexy vampire or the one that would blow my mind, sexy schoolgirl? You know, like St Trinian's? Why would you want to be a sexy any one of those things? Still, Halloween was excused for women to go in little more than their underwear if they had horns and a devil fork. If women weren't competing with each other, they were competing for men. I don't know what was worse, the men drooling over them or the ones coming up to me saying they don't like that kind of overtly sexual woman. Known for a while, it was probably because they'd been knocked back. Me? I used to wear two costumes. One being the Bride of Frankenstein, the second being the Invisible Woman. I sound horribly judgmental and seriously, it wasn't that bad. It was positively delightful against the horror that is New Year's Eve. But that's a subject for a different time namely New Year's Eve. Over the years, though, we've been drip-fed a diet of American TV. We know that it's Thanksgiving the fourth Thursday in November, which is followed by Black Friday. That Black Friday supplanted our own Black Friday, which was always the Friday before Christmas when city centre pubs were rammed. We also know that Halloween is a holiday that you work on. That term holiday confounds us a bit here. From Bewitch to Modern Family, apparently you can be an adult but still dress as Superman for a day in the office if you choose. I would probably choose not to. Would I be judged? I looked this up also and the list was endless of all the Halloween specials. I guess because there are far more channels here now, we have submerged into the culture. We know about Charlie Brown's Great Pumpkin but have likely not seen it. We know that Claire Dunphy loves Halloween probably more than her family. We know Great Paquitas will vandalise all the parks and that Wanda will dress up as herself for a town celebration. Halloween is a perfect celebration between the summer and Christmas and it's not like we have anything like that over here, do we? Penny for your guy? So what can we learn from TV this time? 
that sometimes what we see and hear can change your culture over time. That's why in the days of social media and algorithms, we must be so bloody careful what we consume. Canadian actor Thomas Middleditch said, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon. I don't like Valentine's Day and New Year's Day and Halloween. Curmudgeon? Also rude trying to mix Halloween between those soul-sucking days. spooky story that I promised you is coming soon. Use the 30 second or whatever setting you have it on to fast forward if this old lady talking is boring you. I am hesitating because I still don't know what to make of my tale. Of course there is a rational explanation of what happened. It just doesn't quite fit. This section I wanted to talk to you about scary stuff. Let's be honest, even if we were to accept that ghosts, fictional wicked witches, vampires and demons did exist, they were still unlikely to be haunting you on a daily basis. If they do, then you have my sympathy. The really scary stuff is what we're living with. Let's forget about the last year and a half, where if you weren't at least concerned, you weren't paying attention. I am talking about the other scary stuff. For at least the past three years, I've been plagued by thoughts that could be described as deep regrets, or a full-blown existential crisis. I'm trying to keep this light though, so let's discuss what happens after we die. Actually, let's not. This is what I mean though, my mind is jumping all over the place. The classic, I walk into a room and I don't know why I'm there. I said in my first episode that I was old or young, depending on your viewpoint. But there's no getting away from the fact I'm middle-aged now. Ever since I hit the big four row, there seems to be a pressure on having something to show for your life or at least to be moving towards something. To talk in story metaphors, this is a difficult second act. The protagonist might find life is worsening from the problems of the first act, must learn new skills to arrive at a higher sense of awareness of who they are and what they are capable of to deal with their predicament, which in turn changes who they are. That's all before we slip into the third act, which could be at any second, if you get there. Scary, isn't it? Not only that, but what did I see growing up? Grandmothers who cut their hair short to wear in tight curls, wore dresses and housecoats. I now realise they were probably younger than I am now. As a child, there was this TV programme called Cheers, where all these old people hung out in a bar. The main cast were in their 30s, even Norman Cliff. Also, the Golden Girls. This was sold to me as these are women who still love life, despite their age, and God forbid had sex. What you realise now is that these women were not that old. Apart from Sophia, Dorothy's mother, they were all working. In fact, Rue McCallaghan, who played the gorgeous Blanche Devereaux, was only 51 years old at the start of the series. Now, she could have been playing someone older, but it's clear these women were in their 50s and not a pair of jeans and a logo tee in sight. There's one episode where Dorothy has seen a man that tried on with Blanche. When Dorothy found out, she blamed Blanche, calling her a slut. I don't know about you, but if a dear friend called me a slut, I wouldn't even visit them in the hospital I put them in. However, these were the 80s, so things were different. If Marty McFly took the DeLorean back 30 years, he would go back to 1991, where he'd bang out Taylor Swift's Shake It Off at the Enchantment Under the Sea rave. 
which actually would have been a blessed relief because everyone was so bloody sick of Brian Adams' Everything I Do. They could even go into the courtroom in New York where it was decided that a person can break their home purchase contract if they discover they've unwittingly bought a haunted house. And talking about Back to the Future, the musical has finally opened in London and it's an absolute triumph. It only took 36 years from the original film and six years after Marty went forward 30 years into his future. And I've lost my thread. Um, Next. Here it is then. My spooky Halloween tale. The names have been changed to protect their idiocy. It took place about 10 years ago. A few of the women in work decided we should do a works night out. I'm not in touch with any of those people now, but it was one of those places where the boss was an arse, so you bong quickly. Every one of those people meant the world to me, but once you leave, you may as well be dead to them. Which is maybe why, instead of spending the night on the town, they booked a spooky Halloween haunted house tour instead. I'm not going to say where. It's in Wales. It's an old house. They can't pinpoint exactly when it was built, but they believe it's 500 years old. It seems fair then to assume that people did die there. The official story is, it is haunted. The crew of most haunted have been there, which proves absolutely nothing. They only do the ghost tours in the autumn and winter when it gets dark early. There's another aspect to the story I must tell you. That day, after me nagging for our boss, the owner of the company, to run a customer order backup, we had a computer virus and lost about three months' worth of orders off the system. He had raged at me before I proved that I put in every single email to him the words. Just a reminder to run the backup. I'm sure he wanted us to stay behind with him and recreate the orders, but his stupid male pride wouldn't let him. Thankfully. The tour started well. There were nine of us. Four other colleagues and two couples who were friends. We were all beckoned into the house by the tour guide, Margaret. She wore no fashion costume, held a candle and told us we needed to hurry before they locked the doors. I'm not sure if it was to keep us in or something out. We came out of the cafe, through a hallway and into a room. The whole house was now in darkness. The candlelight was bouncing shadows on the walls and it was cold. I was immediately entranced. Margaret, the tour guide's slow, deliberate voice, was commanding. So when she deliberately slammed the wooden stick into the floor, everyone jumped. Then the sound of a phone ringing. It was my boss. I could not answer, so I used the light of the phone and made my way back to the cafe, which was now also in darkness. As I talked, a slow, creeping dread came over me. I was on my own, in the dark, in a strange place. I told myself that the fear was in my mind, but I started to flash the light of the phone around the room to put my mind at rest. The light landed on a shadow. I was frozen. I tried to move, tried to breathe, but I was mesmerised as I watched the shadow move. Closer and closer and closer until... It was suddenly gone. That's when I felt the cold hand on my shoulder. I shrieked or screamed. I definitely jumped and spun around to see where the hand was attached to. It was a woman, dressed in the same way as our tour host. 
The candle she was holding lit up her face. She smiled sweetly, apologised for scaring me, but told me I couldn't be in here on my own. She was right. I ended the call with my boss and I followed the woman back into the hallway. The rest had finished in the one room and was on to the next. I was about to go in, but she stopped me. She called herself Felicity and asked if I'd like to see something amusing. Which, my answer is always, yes. She told me to stand in the hallway and she slowly tapped the door and moved away from sight. I could hear the shrieks in the room and Margaret telling people not to be afraid. It could just be the former owner letting them know they were there. I should have marched in there and told them they were being wound up, but honestly, it was just too funny. Felicity waited for people to calm down before taking her long nails and dragging them down the door before hiding again. There were noises in the room and Margaret was not quite telling the truth. Then Felicity asked me if I wanted to do her tour instead of the main one. That's when I should have rejoined the group. We walked into a room which had a roaring fire. Warmth at last, I thought, as Felicity lit candles as she spoke. This is my favourite room, the family room. The girls used to sit in those chairs sewing or reading, and the Lord usually attended to correspondence. I was about to ask her she lost her mind, but realised she was just playing the part. Where would her ladyship be, I asked. Not a flicker of amusement or hesitation in her. I would prefer to take the seat in front of the fire and would spend my evening sewing. Mildly amusing, I suppose. Do you all haunt this place, I asked, with no seriousness in my voice. Oh no, just me, she said. And I was cold all over again. We moved down the hallway and hid around the corner as the main group walked into the room. I could hear Margaret confused on why there were lit candles in there. I was impressed. These women should be in Hollywood, not hosting a fake ghost tour. This continued for some time. Felicity and I, a step ahead of the rest of the group, setting up little things to upset the others. I was really starting to feel uncomfortable. Yes, this is what we paid for, but it was just getting silly. Plus, Felicity was making me feel queasy. All this first-person nonsense. I did this. I did that. The cold, too. It was oppressive. I just wanted to go home and I said as much. She told me to watch the next room and it would gladden me. As the main group went into another room we followed, standing at the back, Margaret told us this was the most active room in the building, as this was the place of a bloody murder. Oh, it was brutal. A woman was hit over the head with an iron and then strangled to finish the job. A horrible story, but at least things weren't going to get any weirder. Yeah, you know what's coming. One of my colleagues saw me and started screaming, where had I been? She was worried sick. I had never seen her so much as raise a voice. I was stunned. My other colleagues tried to calm her down. The couples looked terrified and they were holding each other tightly. Margaret started saying something about, it was this room and we were warned. Then my colleagues started to panic. It was slow at first, but then she was struggling for breath. I tried to help, but she slapped me away. I looked to Felicity, but she was just staring ahead. How are you doing this? How is who doing what? Margaret said to me, although there was genuine fear in her eyes. This set her faking everything. It was okay at first, but this is not funny. Look at her. Margaret's fear turned to indignance. 
We are not faking anything. I've watched your colleague do it all night, turning to Felicity. Again, she just smiled sweetly at me. Margaret started stuttering that he was in the security office. My colleague started to get more agitated and I could feel the fear in the room. I'd had enough. I went to walk out but saw the light switch. I flipped the switch and... The room was full of scared adults. My colleagues, the couples, the guide and finally me. Felicity, my guide, was nowhere to be seen. My heart stopped that second and then reality set in again. She could have easily slipped out when I was distracted. Margaret was annoyed. She ended the tour there and then, insinuating it was all my fault. My colleague calmed down, apologised and asked where I'd been. I told her and the room about my tour guide. Margaret was adamant that she was the only woman there. I rolled my eyes or something else to show my disdain and asked her to tell Felicity that. Margaret broke down. Felicity, are you joking? Fair play to her, Judy Dench had nothing on her. She called into a walkie-talkie and told someone to light up the house. The hallway was suddenly lit up, but Margaret practically pushed past me to go towards the exit. The rest of us followed. At the exit, I told her none of this was funny and they were exploiting people. A man, obviously the caretaker, appeared from nowhere and told me I got where I came for, but best if I didn't go back. As cover-ups go, it was a good one. As I walked out, I hear Margaret tell the caretaker she was out. She hadn't signed up to be wound up by stooges. I looked back and her eyes locked. I had to chill up my spine. She was talking about me. Of course, that would have had the desired effect. They might have played it out like this every night. They pick a gullible one in the crowd or the one that wanders off and teaches them a lesson. I investigated, of course. They said CCTV showed I was wandering around on my own. I asked for the proof and they just sent me a still picture of me on my own. There was not and there had never been a guide matching that description, which they would say. I looked into the history and yes, there was a lady called Felicity who looked a bit like my tour guide, but it was a painting and I was in the dark. It wouldn't be too hard to recreate. I've gone back, of course, and wandered off and when nothing happened, I just had to wander back in with the crowd. I had friends go with the same result. Is there a ghost though? Guess I'll never know. Here's a quote you won't have heard before. There may or may not be ghosts, but in real life, it's worth remembering. It's the living that should scare you the most. Jessica J. Garner, Halloween 2021. Sleep well. If you're still listening, thank you. It just leaves me to say, please come back. Not needy or anything, but please. Also, a lot of this stuff is from the internet. And did you know, the internet can lie? If you want to do a random act of kindness today, please go to Apple Podcasts and give this a raving five-star review. Nothing less would do. And if you wanted to know more about the podcast, you can go to the website, excusethejess.com. And a very happy Halloween.
Excuse the Jess was written and performed by Jackie J. Sarah. It is a deliciously bright production. If you enjoyed this, please click follow and give us a five-star review or donate via Buy Me A Coffee. All details, including full credits, can be found on the website excusethejess.com. Excuse the Jess.